0: Everybody. Welcome to Return to Real. I'm Neil Anderson, your host today, and it's my pleasure to introduce a guy that I've really come to admire. This is Rich Manning. Rich Manning is the head coach of the women's soccer team up at the U, and I've recently become a fan. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Um, I've, I've been talking about you with Kenny. Kendra Halderman is a big fan. She's been telling me all about the women. Now, she's quite the athlete. And she's convinced that female soccer players might be the fittest, most driven individuals on earth. So I'd like to get your, your thoughts on that as we go today. Um, but before we do that, I'd like to start off with, I guess, linking this to health and fitness. I think it's obvious when you have conversations with great people who are in the, the health and fitness world. I think it's obvious that good ideas will come out. But I was scrolling through your Twitter feed. And on May 4th, you had a little thing that you talked about, the next play attitude. And you said there were three things that had to do with the next play attitude. Could you explain to me what the next play attitude is?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of the soccer version of meditation, right? It's just kind of staying in the moment. Um, and, And one thing that I had to learn over the years, especially when I played, is that soccer is not a game of perfection. And you just have to get on with it. And stay in the moment of the situation you're presented with, the challenge. And um, I first heard it from the former U.S. men's national team coach, Bora Militinovich. I was watching their team training camp in 1993. And he kept quizzing the players, you know, what is the most important play in soccer? And I couldn't figure it out. And uh, he 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 finally told them, like, the next play. And uh, it's such a great line. And it really just means... I can't worry about what just happened. I can't worry about the thing happening down the road. It's just, we're in the moment here and we got to deal with it as best we can. And I think it's a really good kind of mantra to have, especially within the game, uh, the game or your life. But also, you know, if you're, if you're trying to set a goal for yourself and work on being fit, getting stronger, being healthier, all that stuff, then you've got to stay in the moment with where you're at and get after it.
0: I love that. Because I get a lot of folks, and myself included, I'll beat myself up sometimes. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. And your thoughts this morning clarified that for me. It doesn't matter what you should have done, right? 100%.
1: I had huge problems with it as growing up as an athlete and a student, and just in general with my life, trying to be perfect. And it's got to be, you know, that didn't matter. You just got to go.
0: I loved it. You said there were three things. The number one thing you said, with the next play attitude, as you said, there, there are three things. The first one was come up with a plan. Would you elaborate on that a little bit? What what, does, what do you mean by come up with a plan? How to, how to have the next play attitude?
1: Well, I think, you know, you want to start your day, start your week, start your season with, um, what am I trying to get out of this? You know? And I think it, once you do that, it crystallizes kind of what, what actions you need to take and um, helps you kind of move um, into the plan and not worry about where you started or where you were coming from. Um, And I think, you know, with our team right now, we have a lot of uncertainty. Um, You know, at the end of the semester, we had some and we have some about the later in the summer, what's going to happen. And so we had to really come into, Hey, what is this? What's the month of May going to look like? You know, we, we don't know about June, July, August, but we know what we can do in May. And so we're in the middle of kind of executing that plan. And I think that's, it's really important to take like an emotion or a drive or a goal and just put it into, okay, what, what's it going to look like?
0: Short-term plans, medium-term plans and long-term plans, maybe.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm sitting right next to my plan for the day. <laughs> one of the things I've done since we've kind of been at the stay at home mode is I've put together a plan uh, for the day and I try to execute it. So that's my short term. And, you know, I'm also thinking about uh, this week and uh, what's going to happen later in the summer.
0: What do you put in your plans? What things do you, do you feel like are important in your plans? Well, probably the the thing that i that's
1: this past, the past eight weeks have taught me or emphasize um, to me it are that um, it's the connecting with people because it's not something that just comes to you automatically through your day right now. And one of, one of my goals each day has been one hour of phone calls. Um, Whether it be with teammates, coworkers, family, friends, whatever. Um, And, we're having a wonderful conversation right now, but this does not count towards my hour. Oh, really? (laughs) No, no, no. I got to call people. I got to reach out and, um,
0: and uh, make sure I connect. Just in order to not feel so isolated.
1: 100%. And I mean, I'll get to dinner time and I'll be like, Oh no, I got 23 more minutes of phone calls I have to make. And it makes me make those extra connections that I that I probably should whether it be to family or a player on our team or something
0: rich I love that because that's our thing right now right right now nobody gets to go eyeball to eyeball with anybody and the closest you can you can kind of hope for is this is, is a good conversation is some sort of a connection I was reading a, a book recently that was talking about how tech is one of the more addictive things on earth how tech has taken away some of the social or the sociality of of the human experience, and the guy was saying this in his book. He was saying that the problem with that is that we have linked to human communication certain what medications, um, endorphins. There are certain things like oxy- to oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine that you get from eyeball to eyeball contact that you wouldn't get otherwise. It was. um, one of those things that was an aha moment for me. Like if a person doesn't have a conversation, you can't get the same thing from text that you could get in terms of like these, these uh, hormones that circulate through your body, that give you a sense of well being. And I thought that's, that's it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think you're right. I think people can really benefit from reaching out.
1: I feel those. I feel the dopamine when I make my phone calls.
0: <laughs> it <helps me> out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I dread it before I go into them, but then when I do get to talk, then I feel much better after. Good call on that. I love that. Let's talk about you for a little bit. Are we are we playing soccer this year? Uh, you know, all all the things
1: I've heard, you know, the the entities that we deal with at, at the U are obviously the university and the athletics department, but also the state of Utah, the Pac-12 our conference and the NCAA. All of those entities and what I've heard directly and indirectly through them is that it's kind of a pointing in a positive direction towards us being able to play at some point um, this fall and or spring. So we feel good about it, um, but there's a, there's a lot of things to work out. Um, but I do think we're going to get there.
0: Um, what are some of the... the... I guess right now, how, how are you practicing? Can you practice? Is there any way to keep in touch with the girls? What, what's going on with that?
1: So uh, we, we started the stay at home, it was during our spring break at the University of Utah. Um, and we would have had another uh, six weeks of practice for the spring, and we didn't get that. Um, and we're not allowed to practice now, but we can um, connect on video for four hours a week, Uh, through uh, connect on zoom and work on video. Um, We can give them exercises to do. Uh, We're not allowed to monitor them because technically the exercises have to be voluntary, but we can give them ideas of what they should be working on. So they're all kind of working on their own um, through that. And that would be kind of through the summer. And normally we would start our preseason training camp around August 1st. Um, A normal summer, June and July, a lot of the players would be on campus. They would be allowed to work out with our conditioning coach and our state get treatment from our athletic trainer. They'd be taking summer school, but they'll be doing that online this summer, and we have to figure out the summer piece as well.
0: Yeah, what are the challenges in that for you? How how different does that make it for you? Um,
1: well, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, a lot of them where they're at now are having a hard time finding facilities. You know, they either have to use a home gym. We've had to, um, customize some of their workouts so that they, if they don't have some of the normal gym equipment, um, and then finding a place where they can do some ball work. Some of them are hopping fences and getting kicked out of their old high schools, unfortunately, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, finding a park or backyard. Um, and so that's been the biggest challenge I think for them, um, and I'm hoping as we get through the summer, it'll normalize a little bit.
0: Do we, do we feel like that will normalize a lot in, in terms of at some point, do you feel like the university will say, look, all holly, holly and come free. Everybody come back. Let's do it as normal. And would that happen as early as, say, July?
1: Yeah, I think there's a good chance the campus will be open in July. I think, you know, it's not going to be what it was. <laughs> There'll be checkpoints and temperature checks and um, processes in place to keep it safe or, or scheduling people out. So there's not a big crowd um, in any of those facilities, but I think we're going to get to the point where they'll get to do that. And I know they're, they're just, they love it so much. They're so excited to get back, you know, as soon as possible.
0: Um, how do we train for soccer? Candy, one of my, my dearest friends, she plays soccer. She's heavy into it. Even she's got, three kids <laughs> she's she plays like she goes and she mixes it mixes it up with the boys she argues that especially female um female soccer players are in the best shape of any human on earth now when you put the scoots on that girl and she turns the corner and takes off there's no catching her there's no keeping up with her what does it take how do you become fit enough to play soccer on your
1: level well, what's your friend's name and does she have any eligibility left? That's what I want to know.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> you know Kendra Alderman. She she knows you very well. Oh, Kendra. She does yeah. not have eligibility, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right? But she's fit. She's she fit. Yeah. She, she is. Works. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you train female soccer players? What's the process? What what's day one, day two, et cetera? How do they work out? Well, I mean, the physical component
1: is really important, right? We, we say the main components, you know, for, for a player is, uh, is there, are their physical, their mental, their technical and their tactical. And then you have the team aspect, which I think is really important. So it's really hard to play the game without, um, you know, it starts with your mindset, your mental, but you have to have a physical base. And and at our level, it can take as much as four to six weeks. So, You have to have a level of fitness just to play at a decent level, and then when you play, just just by naturally playing the game, your 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 fitness is going to stay sharp and and improve because uh, there's no breaks. uh, It's in a big space, and you're using kind of all the normal physical components. You know, you have strength, you have um, endurance, you have to have anaerobic fitness, you have to have agility, uh, flexibility, all that stuff. So it really encompasses so many different things. And it does take a while to kind of get to that level where you can play.
0: Yeah, it would. How do you want them training right now? And, and the reason I'm asking you these things, you know, I'm the fitness guy or I'm a fitness guy. And people are curious, like, what things would they be doing right now? What things would the girls be doing right now to prepare themselves for july and august
1: well they're they're in kind of um still a foundational mode because we had to take a little bit of break um we missed our spring um so a lot of the stuff they're doing as far as conditioning goes would be things like um they'll do 15 minute runs they'll do um Thirty seconds on thirty seconds off sprints, or fifteen seconds on fifteen seconds off, so it 's kind of repetitious stuff to get that um, endurance and the anaerobic together um, and then when they 're doing work with the ball that 's a lot more cutting strength um, and quickness and those kind of things, so you try to do it all at the same time and If they, if we're going to start in August, they'll move closer to where they're just, they're doing more
0: playing. Um, and the running will get a little more intense. What about the, the weight room? Do we spend time in the weight room for a soccer player? For sure. Um,
1: and I think, uh, we have a fantastic conditioning coach, performance coach, Cody Lockley, and he's been with us seven or eight years and he's, he's great. You know, and one of his, one of the things he always says is, you know, we want to train you for soccer, not for strength. So the stuff they're doing in the weight room, a lot of it is similar to the game. You know, things like jumps, lunges, uh, a lot of core work, and then upper body, a lot of it is, um, with body weight stuff you know so it's not heavy weights it's just more being able to be explosive
0: in a repetitious way like soccer um challenges you to do more kind of calisthenic stuff coach i need to take a little break right here if you don't mind um will you meet us on the other side of the break and we can talk a little bit more about you everybody's wondering I, you know, i've got a question here how'd you get into to, to coaching how'd you get into soccer would you mind answering those for us on the other side of the break absolutely would love to I appreciate that. Folks, you're listening to Return to Real right here with Rich Manning, the head coach of the U of U women's soccer team. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to Return to Real. I'm Neil Anderson. Today, I've got a very special guest for you, Coach Rich Manning. The U of U Women's Soccer Head Coach is joining us. Um, love your love your thoughts earlier today, Coach. I was I was skimming your your Twitter feed that was at Rich Manning, right? And you you're pretty active on Twitter. That's that's rare for guys our age. <laughs> yeah, well, I was kind of
1: giving a heads up when Twitter started that it's a good way to uh, promote. The team and the program. We don't have a big advertising budget and it's a good way to do it. So it's kind of a habit at this
0: point. I liked your stuff and I found a lot of carryover between the stuff that you're doing with your coaching and the stuff that I can do with my coaching in terms of helping other people get healthy. i found that there was a ton of carryover in that. So I appreciate your words on those things. Oh, great. Yeah. Fun stuff. How'd you get into soccer?
1: Well, I played, um, my brother and I played uh, baseball, T-ball, when we were eight years old. And we were getting ready to play our second season. And my dad came back from signing up and said, Well, we're going to play soccer this year. And I found out years later that he went to the wrong sign-up and it was too late to sign up for baseball. So we started playing soccer. <laughs> That's how it happened. Where? Uh, Where were you at? I grew up in Los Angeles, yeah. in North- San yeah. Fernando Valley.
0: I was going to um, say, that must be kind of rare because. When I was a kid, there was no such thing that you couldn't. There was nothing to sign up for in soccer. This is so new to me. It's not something that I, I learned anything about. I'm fascinated. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, being in Southern California, I think is kind of one of the startups of and uh, a hotbed for soccer. There was a lot of people that had soccer in their background that helped start it. And my whole family, all my two, my brother and I, and my two sisters, all played and. We love it. My brother actually is an assistant coach for the women's soccer team at Weaver State. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So we're all, we're all here now loving the game. Do you guys play each other from time to time? We do. And my mom wears some purple and some red and, they, <laughs> and then just doesn't want to come to the games anymore. It tears her apart. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet they do. Um, how'd you get into coaching? I think I just loved the game so much. And and when I played in college, um, I played at Santa Clara university and I was just always in the coach's office trying to find out more about the game. I was a big fan. And um, my, my, my senior year of college, my coach was Steve Sampson who later became the U S national team coach and the LA galaxy And he just, when I finished, he said, Hey, one of the, one of the high schools I used to work at, they need a coach. And he just, I went straight from finishing my college season to coaching my first team at a high school, Mountain View High School in Northern California. And I I just have been into it ever
0: since, since uh, I finished playing. How about women's um, sports? How did you get into, was that when you were coaching for high school, was that, was that ladies um, soccer there?
1: No, I was coaching guys and I I moved back down to Southern California. I was teaching high school math and coaching guys. I was an all boys school in orange County. And, uh, I had a good friend, um, that was starting a girl's soccer club and he was begging me to come coach in his club. And I was like, no way I'm not coaching girls. I'm not doing it. You'll never get me. I got my guys. And he was pretty persuasive guy. And, um, he came, he said, I'll coach your goalkeepers all season for free. If you help me with the girls club. So he got, he got me hooked. And once I was in, just loved, I loved working with the age group at the time, which was you know, 14 through 17. And then coaching the girls was a lot of fun and very rewarding. And so my friend Larry Dralak kind of hooked me in when he was starting the SoCal Blues Soccer Club.
0: What are the differences between training and coaching males and females? For me, there's a lot of differences in terms of training them at my gym. Are there differences in your mind between training or coaching males and females?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things in common, but for sure there's some differences and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, you know, I think it's very, I find it's very important to, to be, uh, to f- catch them being good, find the positive in what they're doing um, to reinforce their strengths. Um, and. Uh, to develop a relationship more than just about the game. I think those two or three things are the most critical that I found helped me have a successful coach-player relationship with either a particular player or a team.
0: And Kenny says that the women are tougher than the men. She says that the man, when the man gets an injury, he's going to grab it and flop to the ground and make a pretty big <laughs> case of it. And the females will just uh, suck it up and keep going.
1: Yeah, probably true. I, I, have, I have
0: a few 80s on my team that will flop here and there. It <laughs> <laughs> gets you, get you, get you a foul, you know. It's all individual. I find, you know, for me teaching training females, I've been doing this 26 years, and i found that training females has to have a cause. Everybody's different, and there's always exceptions to that. But if you can give a female a why... It'll mean more to them than if you give that to a male. For the male, it's a what? Get it done. This is how much. This is when. How far? How fast? Do it now. And um, females have, in general, needed a why. I think it has to do with that family thing you were just talking about. I think they're 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 it's easier to get a female to rally around a cause than it is a male.
1: But, uh, like I guess I think I think that's a great way to put it. It's just you know give them a why and let them know that. It's not just about this, putting this ball in the net. It's about us doing these things together and achieving um, our potential.
0: Your program is immensely successful, immensely successful. I was looking at the record today and being sort of unfamiliar with all that what all that means. I was impressed, right? Not knowing exactly what were what your keys to success, coach? How do you do it? Specifically you. Well, I think, um, you know,
1: the University of Utah got invited to the Pac-12 in 2011 was our first season. And it was a, it's, a, it's been a huge challenge. It's probably the biggest challenge of my soccer career because it's the best soccer conference for women in the league in the country. And, um, you know, we're not necessarily, um, ha- we don't necessarily have all the natural advantage of especially the schools in California, which there's a huge um base of girls soccer players. So that challenge has been immense and and I think what it really taught me was I have to stick with it. Um and I have to have that next play attitude because um I think when we were in the Mount West conference, we were just kind of one of the favorites every year. And we had to learn being in the Pac twelve to um find every take care of every detail, find edges and um, really stick together and stick to the plan. And Um, that's the piece I'm still working on. Uh, but I think it's helped us find some success.
0: When you talk to your girls, when you recruit the girls, what's the selling point? How do you get them to come to your program here in Utah where not everybody even knows where the field is? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just show them a picture
1: of the surroundings. It's just gorgeous. Right. Right? It's a visual thing. Uh, Don't show them winter. Yeah, well some of them actually like that, but yeah, some of them don't for sure. Yeah. Um the university's great. It's a great education. The surroundings are just beautiful. And I think also being in this Pac-12 conference has elevated uh the profile of our soccer program and all of our sports. It's such a great competitive league. You're playing some of the best soccer uh in the world, you know a lot of these players are playing for these nation- different countries in the world cup and the olympics and stuff and we get to play against them every week when we get to the fall
0: i love your thoughts today i think that uh, i think you're a special guy and you got a special program and the thing i'm going to take the- away i'm going to go back and listen to this a lot i think the thing that i'm going to take away is your concentrate concentration and focus on team and I'm going to use that every time I hear you say something like team today, I'm going to hear myself say something like family. I think, I think that in the fitness world, in the health and fitness world, I think it takes three things to be successful. I think you have to have programming. I think you have to have facilities, right? If you had a cave with big enough rocks, that's facilities. But I think the most important thing is the thing that, that you're talking about and have been talking about all day is you need a support group. You need accountability. Um, you need support I and mean, you need community. And it sounds like you guys have got that in droves up there and it sounds like you kind of started that. I'm impressed by that. I think it's a neat thing. Yeah. Thank you. That's great to
1: hear. Cause it's something we really work at. And I think when, when we talk to some of the other coaches in the PAC 12, you know, what do you associate the Utah soccer team with a lot of the, the first word is just like that. That's a team. That te- teamwork is the word for that team. And I think that's something we strive for.
0: I think sometimes you need a little support from your team, and then every now and again you need a little, a, a little accountability. You need a need a, a kick to the butt too.
1: Yeah, I think that's that. That's the balance, right? Kind of finding the balance between those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help to have a team that's only supportive, you know. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us today, coach. I appreciate it. I know you've been very busy and I appreciate you breaking off a little piece and having a talk with us and sharing your thoughts on, on the Utah women's soccer team. What a great team. What an exciting team. Good luck next year. How do we go and support you? If we wanted to go check out a a, a game for our first time. Yeah, for
1: sure. Well, uh, we, we play in the fall and we play on campus um, we have a beautiful new facility that's kind of um, nestled in between um, the softball field and the track over kind of towards the hospital at the University of Utah. And normally we would play on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or Sunday, those days of the week. Um, I, think, I think if people go to utahutes.com, the schedule will be posted once we get going. and We'd be
0: excited to see people. i look forward to it i'll bring my family out this year and it'd be fun to meet you face to face if i can that'd be great neil i really appreciate you having me i appreciate you spending some time with us coach rich manning good luck this year and thank you for joining us great thank you